You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 253. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Aptiv. Aptiv is that fitness app that I love using whenever I want to have a workout that changes things up, gives me an awesome playlist, and gives me awesome trainers that tell me what to do literally in my ear as I'm going. So whether it's working out on a treadmill, running outdoors, doing yoga, Pilates, you name it, even meditation. They have a lot of different options of different types of workouts, different instructors, difficulty levels, you name it. They've done such an excellent job with this app. It is so fun to use and easy. There's even a trending feature that I think is awesome if you're just getting started to find popular workouts that other people are loving as well. You figure out what kind of time you have for the type of workout you're doing and you just press go and then you're ready to get started. It really is that simple and it really is that pretty and easy to use. So if you want to try this out, I can give you a free 30-day trial from listening to The Lively Show. All you have to do is go over to aptive.com. That's A-A-P- TIV.com. Then you're going to click on the sign up button and enter the code The Lively Show, all one word. After you've done that, go download the app on your phone and you're ready to get started. I hope you love it as much as I do. Now let's move on. I am in Sydney speaking to you, and this is a follow up episode to an episode we had with Erica Gellerman in episode 235. As you guys may remember, Erica was a fan favorite, I have to say. She got a lot of awesome feedback from our last episode, 235. She's a friend of mine, and she's also the financial and career well-being curator over at theworthproject.co, and we've become friends since last year in London, and then even deeper friends this year in London that I spent with her, and we had the episode 235 all about what it feels like to have the quote-unquote knowingness in our careers and our relationship. She's had her knowingness with her relationship and always sought it in her career, and I was just the opposite. I'd had it in career, but never had it in relationship. So in this episode, we are taking it one step further. We're sharing how both of us have had a sense of knowingness. Now, I wouldn't say I have a knowingness in my relationship in a grand ultimate sense with any individual person yet, but I can say that I'm far, far, far from where I was when we recorded this episode 235 or even where I was before that. So I definitely have made huge strides and Erica herself has had a knowingness in her career. So we both have been now transitioning from going to the seeking of a knowingness to now what are the initial feelings of what's coming up when you're in that new chapter, going from knowing to going and flowing with that new aspect of your life. So we're going to continue to bounce ideas off of each other from the different perspectives we each have, my strength being career, hers being relationship, and talking about what we've experienced and based on what our expectations to. Obviously, our ego has an idea of what it's going to be like once we have knowing. Well, this is actually a conversation around what it's been like in real, real authentic talk and just giving you guys the nitty gritty of it. And Ultimately, I am super excited about where the conversation flowed to at the end, the end and the realization we came to about uncertainty and how uncertainty plays into knowingness was life-changing. I'm so excited to be going deeper into that topic and thinking more about it and potentially pulling that topic itself and bringing that up more in a deeper way in the show in the future. But for now, this is where it all began. 
Let's go to the show. Erica, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm so excited to be back, Jess, and to chat with you again. Yes, our conversation yesterday on the phone inspired this conversation. So this is kind of a part two to our original episode about having the knowing in relationship and career. And both of us have moved further down the river in each of our respective areas, you and your career and me and my relationships. So we're going to talk about what it's like to go from having the knowing to the going and actually going through with these two aspects and what it's like in those first few initial steps. Because I think a lot of people might be like us and might be in one of those areas in particular, have been seeking the knowing, or once they get to that, then they have a lot of ideas and preconceptions about what it will be like to move forward from there. And we're gonna talk about what we've found so far, just in case people can either relate or also to shed some light on what it might be like if people get to that point a little further down the road. Does that sound good? Sounds great. Okay, so why don't we fill people in again about what you were seeking the knowing in, how you found it, and what you're currently doing with that feeling of knowing in your life right now? Sure. I was really struggling in my career, which we talked about a lot in the last episode. I just really wanted to have things all mapped out and to just know exactly what every single step of the way was going to be for the rest of my life in my career now that I say that, insane to me because it feels really restrictive. And so I was really struggling with being in a place of feeling really stuck because I didn't know that my next right step would be the next right step for the rest of my life, you know? And so I took a lot of time to kind of sit down and we worked on it a lot together, actually, which really helped. And I realized, and I think we both put together, that you know the knowing is more ambiguous. It's a feeling, and you just you have to kind of follow that, even if you don't know exactly what's at the end of your river and how things are going to finish. So I was really struggling with where I wanted to go. I, I felt like I had all of these different pieces of my career. I had been in a corporate career for... 10 plus years. And then I was doing some consulting work, but I was really interested in negotiation and money and personal finance, but I just couldn't put all the pieces together because I didn't know what the end result would be. And so at the end of the summer, finally, after searching for this for so long, I finally had that knowing in what I wanted to do and that I wanted to create personal finance resources that I felt like spoke to me, but I didn't feel like were out there already and that were really, really reflected my values and were really dear to me. And so I got really excited about this and started writing articles. And you know, when you get excited about something, you start seeing all the little signs and breadcrumbs that you're on the right path. This is what you should be doing. This is so exciting. And I got really comfortable with not knowing where it would go, but just knowing that I was on the right path. I love what you just said. I think people should go back and rewind and just think about that. It's not about knowing everything right now. It's just being about excited about what is coming next. And I think the thing that we talked about in the last episode a lot was knowing that you're going to get there, trusting yourself that you're going to get there no matter what. And I think I've really started to trust that I'm going to do the right things and I'm going to do the right things for me. And even though I don't know what that looks like right now, I know that I'll get there eventually. Yes, you're fine and strong and stable, as I always think of in my head with you. Exactly. And I feel like I just got to this, that place in you know, my career and I was so excited and you know, ready to take on everything. 
And, you know, then you get to the next stage of things where you're actually putting things in action. And the river starts to get a little bumpier at that point because you've done all this personal work on yourself to get to the knowing. And I feel like you've like reached the part of one peak of a mountain, but then you still have, you know, more on your journey to go. And there are going to be little ups and downs on the trail. And I, I wasn't quite ready for what comes after the knowing because it wasn't as perfect as I expected. It's great. And I feel so much further than I was three months ago before I had the knowing. But now it's different. It's a different feeling than what I expected. Yes. And I can relate to a lot of this because I, too, have been in my river looking for the knowing in relationship rather than career. And I don't by any means have a knowing of a final outcome of a, a specific person or future. However, I am dating someone pretty consistently, I would say at this point. And it's been so fascinating like you. I feel like I'm far from where I was this summer. But then it's like you were still in the river then or and you were looking down the river and you're like, it looks so clean and calm down there. But then once you're there, there's like still a current. There's still stuff coming up. There's still action to be taken, things unfolding. So now this episode's all going to be about what that going actually feels like as you're actually taking those first steps in a direction, even though you don't know where the outcome ultimately will lead. You do know you're going to be fine and strong and stable no matter what happens. So can we circle back? One thing that you didn't share last time that I know actually had a huge impact on you and you didn't want to share, you told me because you thought people would be like inundating me with emails, but it was about RTT. And like, can you talk about the impact that had on the turning point of this at all? Just because I know we've talked about RTT on the show, but you're like an example of how it impacted you and helped you. Yeah. And I have to say, I was a very skeptical person going into it. I'm always open to try new things. But when you were like, Oh, I'll, you know, let me try an RTC session on you. I was like, Okay, yeah, we'll see. (laughs) Like, you know, we'll see what happens coming out of this. And it was really, really powerful. The only way I can describe it is like, once we did it, and you know, kind of all the things that came up and nothing major came up, but it was all these little things that I had kind of held on to through my life. And then once it was done, it was like this calmness washed over me. And I am usually a very anxious, hyper, like stressed out person. And I have been not just in my career, but in all areas of my life, just so mellow since then. Because I feel like I trust my instincts a lot more, trust my intuition. And just I know that things are going to be great because I know I can get there. And that's something I always had deep down, but my, you know, rational mind would get in the way and would, you know, bring in all this worry and all this panic. And I, the only thing I can really, really attribute this kind of change in perspective in my life to is that one RTT session, which I never, ever in a million years would have thought that I would feel so much different from, I don't know how long we did it for an hour, hour and a half, I think maybe. Yeah. Do you mind if I share the what I took from your situation? Because it was not deep and dark and horrible. It was like you were a really sweet. You were a really sweet person. By the way, RTT, for those that are new to the show, Rapid Transformational Therapy. We have episodes on it with Marissa Peer, the founder, and we have an example RTT episode as well. So you can hear those. We'll link those in the show notes for this episode. But just as the person that did this and watched the regression scenes that came up for you, you were a really sweet little girl who 
tried her best and had fun at things that she did. And a lot of it had to do with athletics and sports often. And you kept getting, because it was sports and because it was ranking, you kept doing really well. And people kept putting you on a pedestal and ranked you against others and compared you to others. And you never wanted others to feel better or worse because of you and your own performance. And then that kind of spiral with all of this like parental and adult accolades kind of and they're trying to be supportive of you but in doing so you had this huge anxiety around being the best and then that kind of as an adult created this block for you that if you couldn't be the best at something you wouldn't try it at all does that summarize what was going on a hundred percent and what's so funny though is when we were going into the session i didn't tell you this but on the tube ride like to come see you i was like oh, what are my blocks that I want to like talk about in RTT? You know, I was like thinking of all these things and never in a million years would I have ever said those things like that, that came out during the session. Like it, those weren't even on my radar. Like those stories, that whole, you know, that feeling of not wanting to make other people feel bad that I never have never in a million years have thought of that, like without that session. No. And that's what's powerful. When I did the RTT session for my own lack of periods and then reversing that, I never would have thought the reason that I've explained it all in A Lively Adventure. So if you want to go listen to my whole story, you can hear that there. But yeah, that's what's powerful because it's in our 5% consciousness that you and I are speaking out of right now, we would never pick those stories or scenes. But that's the power of the subconscious. And it's programmed from this 95% is programmed from these younger years that don't make any logical sense to an adult mind. Yet that's how the programming gets laid in and then just continues to reverberate and keeps repeating itself like an echo until you go in and go, oh, that's what's going on. I can change that. I just find it so magical. I love that it helped you. I mean, immensely. And I think that sometimes I forget how much it helped me until I stop and I realize that I'm doing things so differently or thinking about things so differently. Like one thing you mentioned was the competition aspect and not wanting to be compared, you know, to other people. And I notice that as I'm going through this knowing and seeing people who are in my space, you know, in the space that I want to work in and those things, I don't look at them with a competitive eye like I normally would. You know, I look at them and I'm so happy for what they're doing. And I just want to, I just want to learn more about what they're doing. And I feel like that wasn't my default mindset usually. And I really think that that's from RTT and getting to that knowing and then being able to not look at things with an envy, but really look at things like I want to be a part of that. It's not competitive anymore. It's just everyone's doing their thing. And it's such a different view than how I looked at things as a child and as an adult <laughs> influenced by my childhood. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have like almost tears welling up. Goosebumps are like flooding my legs. So think about this. I think about this a lot with people that are running countries and politics and, and I'm not just talking about the U.S. for those <laughs> thinking that. I'm thinking about how many people are hurting people hurt people, right? So how many people might be coming from a competitive point of view in the world? And really it came from these children they were pretty innocent and didn't have any of this imprinting within them but they learned it from a young age and by erasing it you totally erase all of the negative aspects that come with it and it's just the people haven't done that so they're just these adults playing out these programs and it's generationally right because they're programmed from the generation before them and before them and we take it as this given that this is how we have to be 
but actually, is that actually true? That's definitely the story we tell is a scientific materialism Darwin story, but is that actually true? Let's get off the subject of that, but that's amazing. I'm so glad you're not feeling competitive. And yeah, that's a huge piece to how you could totally transform how you're viewing the river now versus had you not done that. Do you think that would have actually not only changed how you view the river you're on and looking at your landscape as people in the same tribe rather than people in your opposite tribe you need to attack? Do you think that also helped you find the knowing in the first place or no? I think it was probably part of it because before when I would look at personal finance, just in general, I would look at it and be like, oh my God, there's so many people and there's no way I will ever get to the top. So why even try? Which was kind of my default, like going back to that like competitive, that weird thing that I had going on. But now when I look at it, I'm like, oh my God, there's so many people doing amazing things. I want to do my own thing because I realize that what I have to say is completely different than what I'm seeing out there. But I really hope that these people that I'm looking at can be my friends someday, (laughs) which sounds so silly. But, you know, I look at it completely differently. And I do think that without the RTT, like I wouldn't have been able to see that. And I think that that would have been a big block for me having the knowing because I would have immediately just closed off that option and not not given it, you know, another look. You would have given everything, Erica, a block because you would have tried to be the best at anything and there's no way to be the best at anything. So you would have stayed blocked. Yeah, absolutely. You know what's crazy? Maybe I've told you this, maybe I haven't, but I've done cognitive behavior therapy before. I've heard of it, but I I know it's CBT, but I don't, I'm not familiar. Yeah. So I did a couple of sessions of that because I was feeling really anxious in my career, like a few years ago, like... (laughs) what a pattern that I have in my life. And so I did CBT because I was like, well, maybe I can break this down and like find a new way to look at things. And so they gave me all the tools and the exercises to do that. And it helped a little bit, but I still was falling into that old pattern of thinking and I could at least recognize when it happened. So that was something that was really helpful from CBT, but I couldn't break the pattern. And so I knew when I was doing it, but I just had a really hard time breaking that thought pattern. And the RTT finally got me to break that thought pattern that was really like crippling me in my career, that was like really holding me back. Yeah, that's the power of it. When you get into the subconscious and you get under the hood and you change the program, it's like you're annoyed at the song on your phone that keeps playing. And it's like, just delete the song. You can't just turn the song down, which is what CBT sounds like it was trying to do for you. Or at least that's the impact it was having for you. You were aware of it, but it was still playing. It's like going into the hypnosis and really just getting the scientific side of it is getting into the alpha theta brainwave state and changing from that brainwave state what you're experiencing and why the patterns that are lodged in that. Oh my gosh, game changing. So one of the things I know you did, because you told me yesterday, so I'm going to cheat and say it here, is that part of this, and I could say the same for myself. So any of the relationship people that are like, oh, this is all about career. No, it also applies here. So I never had the envy thing since I've been in my unicorn land, which I'll get to in a second what a unicorn land is. But I'll say that I don't have envy, but I've been inspired by a lot of people. And you did the same thing. You actually said you spent a few hours writing down a list of all the people that are doing what you're doing so you can be inspired by them. Yes. And I think that's so important because so I started doing it because I felt myself slipping back into the old, you know, the ego of my career. Like I can't do anything before working for myself. I worked for like 
big companies with big names and big titles. And so it felt like I couldn't figure out how to carve a space away from that for myself where I still felt good about what I was doing. And I felt like there was a little bit of external judgment, which is probably all in my head. But so I spent time like looking for people who were doing what I was doing, who had something that I aspired to, because I just wanted to surround myself with people who are doing the things that I wanted to know were possible for myself. And so I don't even know these people. I've written a list of all these people that I hope to know someday, but just being able to kind of like online stalk them and look at their, what they do and kind of how they make it work. It makes me believe that it can happen. And I think without seeing that, it's really hard to continue moving forward. And just like you you were saying with the relationship, I feel like we're always in parallel. Like we're always going through these development things in parallel, which is always so fun because you then had said the same thing. Yeah, I've been doing with couples. I'll definitely remind myself of all of the amazing couples that I know out there that have types of relationships or quality of connection that I'm seeking. And it really inspires me to know it's possible rather than to feel jealous of them. I'm like, whenever I see a couple that's being all PDA on the street, some people could get jealous of that or think it's gross or whatever. I celebrate it. I'm like, it is possible. Look at that couple that really enjoys themselves. Like, that's awesome to me. It feels so good. So actually, speaking of that, now I'm going to give you a little bit of what it's been like for me on my side on the first few stages of this. So like I said, I've been seeing someone here in Sydney and it's no, it's not the reason I'm moving to Sydney. We do not know how this is going. So don't get too excited or anything, anyone. But we're going to call him the Rhino and I'll explain why his nickname's the Rhino. And it's actually something I don't know if I've shared here on the Lively Show, but I did talk about it in the flow with intention online class a lot is uh we in meeting each other kind of realize that we have these personality or like perspectives on life and tendencies and he's the rhino and I'm the unicorn in our dynamic. However, I used to be rhino myself and I've turned unicorn. So I'm going to explain this just as a fun aside that I'm sure I'll probably reference in the future in other episodes because I think this I could do a whole episode on rhinos and unicorns. And that could be actually a fun one to do. But basically, rhinoing in our weird language, we've made up this whole term. This is not something I've heard of anywhere else, but is about efforting and like really striving and and hustling, hustling and kind of a more masculine energy. It's not just masculine people by any means, but just the energy of the hustle and the striving and the the go get them attitude, the goal listing. There's that side of personal development that is very focused on that productivity and the hacking and all that kind of stuff. And then there's the unicorn. And the unicorn level is a little different. The unicorn level is like law of attraction, channeling, like all the kind of more magical stuff that we've talked about here on The Lively Show in season four. So I was obviously, if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, raised as a rhino, definitely have a rhino father and went to a rhino business school and was into rhino personal development and was just miserable so much of my life trying to do all of that for approval and appreciation and and just feeling burnt out with it. And then through all of it, while having probably, I think, my spirituality 
tying me to I think drawing me to beyond just the rhino because rhino often isn't super spoken to or tied to spirituality as much as it is to science so the unicorn stuff just flowed into my life and now I live from alignment and eat chocolate in the morning and (laughs) focus on doing anything that makes me happy and alignment and so we call that kind of way of doing things it's pretty magical and high vibe like we've talked with Faze Nazarelli would totally be a unicorn here on the show you know and Dan Russell actually has also been on the show and I'd say he's a fascinating hybrid a rhino unicorn hybrid so he's someone who's open to all the unicorn stuff but also has rhino tendencies too so anyways Mr. Rhino is pretty rhino but he appreciates my unicorn and wants to start applying the unicorn principles to his own life a lot because he's seen the adrenal fatigue and the burnout that comes with just rhinoing alone. But that's the term. So actually, here's a question. Erica, where do you fall on the rhino unicorn spectrum? I'm 100% a rhino. (laughs) (laughs) And I see it and I recognize that there are downfalls. Like, absolutely. The fatigue, the burnout, the stress. Talking with you makes me want to bring more unicorn into my life. And especially yesterday when we chatted, I, you know, I was actually when you called yesterday, I was like kind of struggling with writing something. And I was like, just like, so intent on I had my focus keeper going, I was so intent on like getting it done. And then you called and I was like, Oh, yay, <laughs> you know, and we chatted for so long. And just from chatting, then I went back to it. And it was so easy. Okay, alignment before action, Erica. I know, I know. The thing is, it's so weird is I know it works. And this is probably your rhino too. He probably sees it working. Oh, yeah. He's like, how do you get all your stuff done? He's like, you just prance around and you just like open your laptop, do it and you're done. And he'll take hours and hours and hours. And I'm like, man, my life is so much simpler. But I move a lot faster. Does that make sense? Like by focusing on my alignment and my frequency and getting that high, it goes so much easier and faster and simpler and things just fall into place. So you're prancing, you're not grinding on the ground. You're kind of like magically flying. It makes sense, but it's hard to break away from the rhino. Well, I think every rhino needs a unicorn in their life to remind them it's possible. (laughs) I think so too. Can you be my unicorn? (laughs) Yes, I'm happily, I try to be everyone's unicorn, right? And the thing is, I was maybe a unicorn raised in a family of rhinos and I just felt like a misfit all the time and then raised in a business school of rhinos and just like gosh I just feel so at home now but I am someone who understands the rhino ways I just recognize the limitations of it so much that it can't possibly appeal to actually do it anymore is there any part of hanging out with him now that there are parts of his rhino-ness that you miss at all? Is there anything? No, not at all. All I do is I try to help him be as rhino as possible. He's like, I'm never going to be a unicorn. And he doesn't want to be. I'm not trying to change his personality because there is actually like not even just like in the grinding world. And he likes the grind. He likes the working hard. He finds joy in that. Just like Gary Vaynerchuk is a rhino unicorn hybrid for sure, because he's in such alignment doing the rhino thing. Now, most people, though, are not Gary Vaynerchuk and are not getting into epic alignment through effort. They're not. Most people are not. Some are. And those ones are doing it because they love it. But like, for example, and I don't know Tim Ferriss and God bless him. Hope he's on the show someday. But we talk about this as like Gary Vaynerchuk, rhinos like a unicorn or unicorns like a rhino either way. But like we look at someone like 
Tim, who is trying to do hacks and do things really fast, but we don't get the feeling that he's getting into alignment through the work that he's necessarily doing. We get like more of like, there's like a, a struggle there. So love you, Tim. I want you on the show. But I feel like there's like a difference to the energy and even though he tries to do things very quickly and hacks, and I think that rhinos can still try to hack, but they're still doing it from this manual perspective, this efforting perspective that's not the unicorn way. The unicorns take action out of joy and alignment, and those like magical sparkles just kind of like fall on things as they do so. And that is a difference to trying to force an outcome from physical manual effort. That totally makes sense. Those two examples, those two people, once you said it, I now can like vividly see, yes, they're completely, completely different style of doing things. And you can look at me too, right? So you can look at me, Tim, and Gary, and you could say, just as unicorning hardcore, I don't work very much. I just do things that make me happy, period, end of story. And I help a lot of people along the way. But I focus primarily 90% of my effort is all on the alignment. Then you've got Gary, whose effort is his alignment and is all of that rhino. So he's got the hybrid there and he's super aligned. Tim, I don't know. I, I think he's trying to do things very efficiently, for our body and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think that he's getting the alignment from or before things nearly as much. So I think we've kind of put him in the rhino category, even though he's not necessarily grinding it out. Although often sometimes he is doing that. He kind of goes back and forth on super efficiency to super long, epic work. Yeah. Interesting. And I loved him. I loved him. I'd love to have a conversation about this, actually. It'd probably be pretty fascinating. But one of the things that we said, and this is something that he and I came to, and I, you have a, an amazing analogy to this, so I want to share this. As we have been going through, now we both have been single for a while before meeting, so I've been single for the last year and a half for the most part, you know, dating but nothing serious, and then he's probably for like the last year. He said this thing one the other day, and we were having kind of a serious conversation, and I resonated so much with what he said. He said, after doing all this personal growth on my own, because he's gone through massive personal growth since his last relationship, and obviously I have too, he said, I thought I'd be better at this. And I resonated so much because I'd had the same thought about two days earlier on my own. And what I realized, and I said to him, as he said, it's like, I totally get what you mean. Because we've been working on ourselves, we think, okay, when I'm going to come to this next type of interaction with another person, this is going to be easy and effortless because I've done all this work. But when we're actually in the nitty gritty of it, sometimes things are hard and sometimes we're definitely growing a lot together, regardless of however the future goes. We're growing so much and we realized that it's actually getting better at a relationship doesn't just happen on your own. <laughs> it actually comes through being in the relationship. And I'm guessing you're finding that getting better at your new career doesn't just come from doing the work like RTT. It actually comes through actually doing the work in your career too. Yeah, 100%. And as we were talking about it and you had said, you know, you actually have to be in it to like really implement all the things that you worked on ahead of time. I started realizing that that was the same exact thing for me in my career. I like, even though I put in all this work and I was like, all right, I want to be focused on personal finance, but from a, a different perspective and I'm going to do this. And, and then once I got into it, there was all this, like, uh, it, it wasn't perfect let's just say it hasn't been like absolutely perfect. And, and I was starting to feel disappointed after that. And once you started talking about needing to be in it and experience things, 
I realized that this is such a silly example, but a few years ago, I really wanted to learn how to play tennis. And it's been like a goal of mine for so long. And so the first thing you have to do is get your stroke right, right? So I would go, I was living in Santa Monica, I would go down to the tennis courts down there every night, rent a ball machine, and I was practicing my strokes, you know, the ball would serve it to the same exact place every single time. And I would get that stroke down. And then Jordan comes home, you know, a month after this and is like, let's go play tennis. And I was like, oh, I've got this. This is going to be so easy. And the ball is going to the other side of the court and I'm having to move in different ways. And I was like, so frustrated. And I was like, what, what is going on? And it's exactly like what we're talking about, like with career relationship and doing all that personal development on your own, like playing with the ball machine was my own personal development, but you have to actually get into it and the going through it where you're actually going to learn how to be better. Now, I mean, I was horrible with Jordan playing that tennis game, but I would have been even worse had I not used the ball machine, you know, for that month leading up to it. But it wasn't perfect. And I didn't smoke him like I was expecting to after playing with the ball machine for a month. And it's the same thing in our career and relationship. You have to use that and, and go through it. And yeah, you can't do it from the sidelines. You just can't have everything you want without getting into the game. Yes. And that doesn't mean something's wrong. That's what I think is really nice to know is that nothing's wrong. Because when you're sitting there fantasizing about this new career relationship, you kind of like idealize it. And not that it's not qualitatively leaps and bounds beyond where you've been before in your relationships or career, but you still have to play the game. You still have to negotiate whatever is coming up in the present moment. And that's Involving other people, right? Because the career and a relationship involve others. It's not a solo endeavor. Even if you're a writer, you have people that need to read it. You need someone to buy or pay you for it. And a partnership obviously involves another person. So that's where the growth ultimately comes in terms of getting better at that thing itself. The rest of it's, like you said, not having played with the ball machine would have been, you would have been even worse off. And can you play without the ball machine? Yeah, you can actually just be in a career and you can be in a relationship and keep getting better at those things without the ball machine, though you can get really good at specific fine tuning and release some blocks you might have or old habits you want to get rid of on your own. So there's benefit to being solo and in doing that solo work, but you got to get in there and it doesn't mean something's wrong if it doesn't go perfectly right away. Yeah, I feel like the work that like this summer, like my knowing and the work that you did for the past year and a half on relationships and your knowing, that's like our foundation. Like we have laid that foundation to our house. What I did with my ball machine and getting the, you know, my strokes down, like that was laying the foundation. And now you have something to kind of like work from. But before I was trying to, you know, work from nothing and it just wasn't working and it was never going to work. And now I realize that there were absolutely moments I've had the knowing, but now that I'm going through it, like there've been moments that I'm really discouraged because I write something and I don't know if people are reading it. I don't know if it strikes the right chord or I will pitch for a new opportunity and I won't get it. I'll start to get discouraged thinking, well, I thought this was my knowing. I thought this was what I was supposed to do. And I, I would almost start second guessing it. And it was when we talked yesterday, it really clicked that like, they're going to be like, you know, there's still a current on the river. There are still bumps along the way. 
And it's just focusing on that knowing that's your strong foundation. And you can just keep moving down the river through all the bumps that come your way because you're so focused on the fact that you know things are going to work out how they should as long as you keep working through them. Yes. And one of the things I've noticed with my career I never really put on myself was the pressure to be perfect at it. But in relationship, I have more of that pressure. So what I've noticed about myself and some of the growth I think I've had is in this situation to just be myself and not try to be a perfect version of what I think a partner should be, but just to be where I'm at and and just have faith that where I'm at is enough and that he's going to have to... <laughs> be able to accept me where that is. Just like I did naturally in my career, I assumed, you know, I'm only with the jewelry design, for example, or coaching or whatever, I only am where I am. And I just trust that the people that are resonating and aligned with this jewelry or this product or this class are gonna find it and join me because that's what they are wanting. And to do that in the relationship, it feels really vulnerable to be vulnerable, but also, I know that's the work and it's just the growth for me is just to allow myself to be upset if I'm upset or to be scared when I was scared. Like he's watched me go through a really interesting transition trying to find where I'm going to live and where I have a home and like going through those really uncomfortable phases right before I figured it out where I was really unhappy traveling and I didn't know where to go and to not hide that from him and just to be myself with that. That was good growth, but I could see my ego wanting like maybe to make up a story about why I shouldn't share it or why I should hide it. But I'm glad I haven't because that's been really growth filled for myself at the same time. Yeah, I knew you last summer and then we hung out even more this summer. And then now, you know, we speak on the phone while you're gone. And I've seen such a change in you. Really? What's the change? You're so much more calm about relationship stuff. And like, even though sometimes you'll have doubts and resistance that like pop up a little bit, you just seem so much more confident in how things are going to go and how you're going to figure things out. Like you don't seem to really, to me at least from, you know, an outsider's perspective, I don't know how you feel inside your head, but from an outsider's perspective, I just feel like you're, yeah, I can't say anything other than you're calm and confident in, you know, kind of what is ahead of you. I'm going to be fine and strong. <laughs> you are fine and strong and stable. You, it's really true. It, like it really is. I can really see that in you. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel that way. It's like, I don't know what will happen with the rhino and I like, we'll see how it flows. But I appreciate where I'm at right now at a level that I think in the past I was more like you with your career where you were like, oh my God, I have to have the knowing it has to be perfect right now. And that's it. And the truth is, if we did have that, that would be the end of the game. And that would be the end of the universe growing in our lives in that area. And we are part of the universe that is expanding. So of course, there's going to be constantly evolution in both. Like, even once we get one thing pretty good, like in some level of the relationship or some level of the career, that's usually when you start to get bored and you want to expand in a new way. That's when you guys want to do something new or take something to a different direction, or a new level or expand your career in a different direction. So even once we do quote unquote master something, usually that 
just begs us to keep growing even further in a different direction, where again, we're put back in the new unfolding seat, the new contrast, the new part where it's a little maybe seeming bumpy. And it's only considered bumpy, I think, when we assign it, this is a bumpy experience, right? Instead of just kind of flowing with that dip or whatever rocky or smooth path we have in the water, we just have to like, be in it without the labeling of it. And I think we'll go a lot faster and smoother through the ride. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that one thing also going through the ride, sometimes it's not just bumpy because we think it's bumpy, but there can also be resistance about wanting to acknowledge that you're not as far on this journey as you want to be. So like maybe for your relationship, you're not, you aren't exactly where you want to be. And there's like hesitation about not wanting to talk about that or acknowledge that. And with my career, there are people who have been writing about personal finance forever and I have not, and I don't have, you know, all of this stuff behind me, you know, all of these accolades. It's hard to want to acknowledge where you are and where you're starting from. But I think it's like a very important part of the process to be okay with kind of starting where you are, which is what you always say, start, you know, just start where you are. And really embracing that I think is a huge part of moving past the knowing and into the going and being okay with saying like, I'm a beginner at this, or I'm new to this, or, you know, I have so much to learn. And before that was something that really uncomfortable for me and in my career and probably for you and your relationship. Yeah. And can I just say some nice things to you? Oh, sure. Yeah, of course. Okay. So I'm going to say, because we talked a little bit about the direction you're heading with your finance advice that's different than a lot of advice that's already been out there. And it's based on the fact that based on your life experience and your values, you see the world of personal finance differently than a lot of the rote by the book, this is what's been done before attitude. For example, you're not super huge on budgeting. We talked about that yesterday. So think about this. The universe is ever expanding. So if it had already been solved, if personal finance had already been fixed for every single human on the planet, then it'd be done. Just like if any religion had it fully figured out. That Abraham says that I love. They say if any specific religion had it fully figured out and that there was no more growth to be had in the universe, then the universe would be done. So nothing has been done. Everything is continuing to unfold and expand. So you are here to do personal finance in the way you are here to do based on your personal experience and the contrast that you've had because that is growth in the personal finance world universe etc so you don't ever have it figured out because you are the leading edge of what that industry is and your reflection in it does that make sense that totally makes sense just knowing that and hearing that and I think everybody can relate that to whatever their situation is as well it makes me feel good (laughs) for lack of a better way to say it yeah, generations before, we often like have this fundamentalist view that like it was better before, and Abraham totally goes against that. They say, if it was better before, it'd be done before. It's not. It's always expanding. It's always new, leaning into the new, because that's what the universe is doing. And we even look at like the planet. We're like, oh my God, we're killing the planet. And I'm not saying that the evolution of the planet has been positive in all ways, but they say, stop looking at it as a negative and just recognize this is all new and start to look at the fact that like, to me, I'm looking at humans as a species and the newness that's coming out of all the contrast that this has created. And ultimately, like, will we stay on the same planet? Probably not. So like, we have to 
not that we need to trash this one. I'm not saying that. But out of the contrast of this is newness formed. And often we look at, it's like not like we were looking at like the T-Rex days and going, oh, those are the good old days. We need to go back to that, right? We're not saying that because we didn't, we weren't involved then. We're very biased to our own species and our own continuation of what we have known. So I think we're just very, uh, probably understandably short-sighted about the fact that newness is good. And we sometimes look back and say, no, two generations ago was the best. And like, really? No, that's impossible. And we're just too biased to our own egoic survival, I guess, to really see that rather than just embrace the fact that all of this is going in a much grander play or grander scheme into amazing new directions. And we get to be a part of that in this moment in time and that that is good. Uh, Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that's something that for the rest of my work day today and probably for a very long time, I'm going to hold that you've just verbalized everything I've been like kind of feeling when I look at personal finance and I feel like there's nothing for me because I don't like to budget and I don't like to look at it like it's I don't like to look at the money in my bank account as money in my bank account. I like to look at it as like a building block for me to, you know, do bigger things and have more opportunities. And knowing that that's like a different view and how you have now like put that into a perspective for me that it's okay that like it's maybe people aren't talking about that. It's the perfect thing, Erica. If they were doing it, it'd already be done and you'd have nothing new to offer and you wouldn't feel like doing it. That's true. And that's probably why I haven't resonated with anything that's been out there. And I've bought so many books, let me just tell you. And so for me personally, like, and I think we all have that in us, like whether it's career or relationship or something like, yeah, we all have our own new path to forge and hopefully, you know, we can stick with the going and, you know, really go through it even when tradition makes us feel like that's not what should be happening and that's not what should be working. Oh my gosh, this is a beautiful way to end this because realizing this, look at we've just, I love the river we've taken on this because I didn't know how we were going to end the show. But here's the thing. We started with the knowing wanted this perfect little tied up with a bow outcome that was somehow a reflection of something that happened in the past, right? Because we're looking at what's been before us versus what could be possibly in the future that we don't understand yet. And then we're now in the river and we're going down the river and we're like, man, this river's pretty bumpy and there's stuff coming up and all this stuff. But that's the fact. That's the whole thing is the fact that it is still growing. So of course we can't know. Of course we can't know where it's going to exactly go. Just we know that we're on the river and this is where we want to be is all we really get. And that then we get to drive the boat and flow with the river, not really drive the boat, but flow with the river and keep expanding into this new leading edge because that edge hasn't been seen yet. It's over the horizon. It's always over the horizon. And that's why it feels bumpy and weird and uncertain and scary. But that's because we're part of a universe that's growing and new, and we're a part of that growing in new ways we can't foresee yet. So we're actually exactly where we're supposed to be in this going, because this is the game, is just to keep going and flowing it, that we are bringing new things and new wants and new desires. Based on what's been before, we have new contrast out of that. All those books you read are the contrast to what you have experienced and what you want to bring. And I feel like this is the best call to actioner 
sales pitch for your finance advice for anyone that's like, me too, I want that way of seeing things. I see things that way too, and I haven't found it. And also for myself with the work I do, like I'm talking about rhinos and unicorns, and that's a new thing as far as I know. And like, yeah, I love Abraham, but even when Esther passes, God bless her soul, like Abraham may go through someone else, I'm not sure, but they'll still be new. Like all of this is constantly unfolding. And that's why I'm here doing what I'm doing because I was a unicorn dressed as a rhino for most of my life. And then some people resonate with that. And that's great. And it's different than Esther. And it's different than Eckhart Tolle. So it's cool that we're here, all of us, with the contrast in the river, constantly not sure where it's going to go next because that's the whole thing is we don't know because we haven't gone there yet. We haven't created that future yet. You paint it so beautifully, like the way you say it. Yeah. Well, I think that was maybe some Joe, but I don't know. And it would be boring if we knew where it was going. Yeah, I think this is such a beautiful way for us to understand where we are, is that this is exactly why we can't have the complete knowing of what it's going to end up like. We just know that we're going to be fine and strong and stable as we create the future. It would be boring otherwise. Yeah. So... This is so beautiful. Is there any current doubts or resistance you're currently facing? Or is this kind of the stuff we just talked about? No, I think it's just stuff that we talked about, you know, as I'm going through the current, like every time I get, you know, a no or, you know, struggle with writing something, I'll have doubts or resistance, but I'm moving through it. And honestly, it feels so good. I hope other people can too. Beautiful. And what would you tell someone just starting out on the journey of going? forget perfection. And I think that that's what I didn't understand at the beginning was I thought it would be perfect and it would be easy. And it can be easy if you let it be easy, but I thought it would be perfect and it's not going to be perfect. But don't go back up river. Just keep going because you know and you trust in yourself enough that you're going to end up where it, where you should. And actually, here's a question because I know you had the knowing with your relationship. Did it go perfectly when you started that? No, of course not. <laughs> Yeah, my career didn't start perfectly and I didn't care. I know, but you know, I knew that it was going to go the place that I wanted it. And I still don't know where it's going to end either. And I'm comfortable with it. So I yes, I have to keep reminding myself of that in my career. I love it. Erica, this is so fun to chat with you. Thank you so much. Oh, it's always so fun to chat with you, Jess. Thank you so much for having me. And there you have it. Erica, thank you for coming on the show again. And thank you for listening. If you want to go send Erica a message, you can do so over on Instagram at erica.gellerman. And again, if you're interested in her financial advice, because I'm guessing some people may resonate with what she shared about her whole perspective on it, again, that's theworthproject.co. And if you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, you can find me at Jessie, as in career lively. And for show notes for this episode, head over to jesslively.com slash ericagellerman2. And for now, where I'm headed to next, I am staying still in Sydney. So happy to be here. So happy to be just feeling like I have a place to be for the first time in a very long while. And it feels wonderful. Until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today. 